Hi, everyone. Last week's podcast was on how to help your child who's in a situation of being bullied. After getting so many questions about what do I do if my child is the actual bully, I decided to do a whole podcast on this very, very important topic. So let's remember first that bullying is when one party makes an attempt to exert power over another party. So it could be between children, it could be between adults, it could be between siblings, it could happen in a classroom, it could happen anywhere. But before it happens, the child or the adult who's acting as a bully has a belief that some people are more important than others. Now what's going on inside the bully's head, we don't know. But oftentimes it will be that the bully feels insecure and unimportant And the bully believes that the only way to show and prove that he or she is important is by putting someone else down and exerting power over them. Now, the other child is only going to allow the bullying to take place if that child also believes that some people are more important than others. Because if the other child knew in a crystal clear way that there's no such thing, then that child would speak up, would get help, or would take a proactive role in order to ensure that the bullying does not continue. So in a lot of bully prevention programs, people will go to the bully and they'll set the limit and they'll tell that child, this is how life goes, or this is what the rules are in the classroom, or these are the rules in the home. And oftentimes the adults will even bully the bully into cooperating. So we absolutely have to set healthy limits in any relationship. And I will get to that at the end of this podcast. But before we do it, let's help change the bully's mindset. If the bully is actually believing that some people are more important than others, we have to roll up our sleeves and work really, really hard to get the bully not only to know, but to really, really believe that there's no such thing, that every single human being is actually equally important. We want that child to know that he or she is tremendously important and there's nothing anybody could ever do to take away from that child's value. And every single child in their class is tremendously important. And every single sibling in the house is tremendously important. Every human being is extremely important. And when we explain to kids the importance of human beings, we want to show them that passion. We want to show them through the way that we live that we're also lit up about that. That we think, wow, a human being, a human being is a, you know what that is? Someone that has the potential to give, to love, to create, to think, to bring joy to the world. A human being, wow, every human being is fascinating. Now this child is acting in this way because he or she is not believing that. Either because he or she believes that he himself or she herself is not valuable because of other because of ways that other people have treated them right so if you're in a situation now where you're realizing oh no you know like sometimes i really i think maybe i do bully my child into listening or you know maybe i do do things that make my child feel like he or she is not so valuable don't worry every moment is a fresh moment and we always have the gift of being able to go back and rectify our mistakes So either the bully got this belief from being put down or watching someone be put down or the bully actually watched someone in the victim role. In other words, let's say, for example, um, the, the bully's mother 
is, or the bully's father is a very weak person and often gets bullied by, I don't know, some family member, some distant family member or some neighbor or some cousin or, or their boss. And that adult is not, you know, speaking up for themselves in a dignified way. We discussed last week that the champion characteristics are not being afraid to be kind to everyone and not being afraid to stick up for yourself or to speak up to the bully in a dignified way. So if a child watched someone either being bullied or bullying, so they might actually come to believe that some people are more important than others. But if we model for our children that everybody has equal value, then they walk away from their childhood and they go into their adult life believing and seeing that everybody has equal value. I mean, we are the core people that are with them. So yes, of course, they'll be seeing things in school. And of course, they'll have some, you know, unhealthy children around them or possibly even unfortunately, some healthy teachers, unhealthy teachers, I mean, but whatever it is, we are their core educators. So if we can model for them that we really believe that everyone has equal value by behaving in healthy ways, by having a healthy belief system, by treating all our children as tremendously valuable, by speaking up to people in a very dignified way, so then they graduate from their childhood believing that everybody has equal value. But before we concern ourselves about what's going to be, you know, when they're 18, 19, 20 years old, if you're in a situation right now where your child is bullying, I want you to think about how you're going to undo this mistaken belief that your child has. Now, if you feel that you've been overly, um, you know, strong, dominant, aggressive with your children and you feel like maybe you've been talking down to them, you know, in a way that might show them, you know, this is how we get things done by exerting power over other people. So you want to take a step back and think about restructuring your parenting. Um, If you want to know you know exactly how to do that. I have something called the healing conversation. Um, you can always email me. My email address is Tammy Sassoon at gmail.com. It's two M's, two S's, two O's, T-A-M-M-Y-S-A-S-S-O-O-N at gmail.com. So if you're in that situation where you feel like you need to actually have that healing conversation, like I need to be doing things differently, um, it's actually never too late to start. So you don't have to worry about that. Even if your child is already six years old, eight years old, 10 years old, 12 years old, you can always go back and there's, there's a way to press reset in the relationship so that your child actually believes that you're planning to do things differently and then you can also hold yourself accountable for doing things differently. But what you do want to do at the very least is just for now, for starters, is have the quick conversation with your child and let your child know that, um, you know, sometimes mommy, you know, has been raising my voice or speaking down and, you know, I gave it some thought and I realized you know, you are such a valuable person or, you know, the siblings in our family are so valuable. Everyone is so valuable. Really, nobody deserves to be spoken to that way. And, you know, that just happens when, when I lose it or I get insecure about things. So I'm sorry about that. And I am planning to do things differently. That would be the quick version of the healing conversation. Now, you also want to ask yourself how you can bring yourself to believing that about this particular child who's struggling with bullying. So whenever our kids are behaving in ways that are unhealthy for them or unhealthy for people around them, it makes us nervous, right? So we want to make sure that we are not viewing our child as a very big problem. In fact, we're viewing them as a very big person who's just presenting with a challenge. I want you to imagine for a moment a spectrum, right? Zero to 10. So so zero is very big problem and 10 is very big person. Where are you seeing your child 
who's struggling with this behavior? Are you seeing your child as, whoa, this is a very big problem, like a zero or a one or a two or a three? Or are you seeing your child as, wow, like she is such an amazing person and she's struggling right now. And I want to really just, you know, from an objective place, figure out how to help her. And that would be like a 10. Wow. I see her as a huge person. And then there's everything in between. The goal is to get to the healthy place of seeing her as a very big person. There's no such thing as a child who is a problem. Every human being comes to this world with their own unique set of gifts and challenges. And when kids feel that we think they're a problem, they act that part. They pick up the vibes. They see our facial expressions, our body language, our emotions. We want them to believe that we see them as a very, very big person who's simply having a struggle. It's something that's hard for you right now. Now, these are the steps that you're going to take. One is you're going to teach this child of yours, as along with all your other children, the four social roles. That was la- on last week's podcast. And if you need a copy of that, again, you can email me. You have my email address. I can send that to you. But we want to show the kids that the only healthy social role to be in is the champion role. Because if someone is acting as a bully, a victim, or a bystander, it shows insecurity on that part on their part. And that's actually very motivating to kids because nobody wants to be considered insecure. If you have that hanging on your fridge and the kids know that, you know, mommy taught, mommy announced in a non-judgmental way that this is what champion kids do. Of course, you're not directing the conversation to any specific kids, but the child starts to get uncomfortable. Like, oh, yikes, like it's a public thing now. Like everybody in the family knows, or, you know, if it's in a classroom setting that these things get taught, it's, oh, wow, it was just announced by the teacher you know, that people who act in such and such way are not secure and people who act as champions are strong, secure, and confident people. So first you want to make sure that you're giving your child the right education and that's in last week's podcast. If you need last week's podcast, let me know about that also. Now, once you gave your child the right education, the second thing that you want to do is you want to make sure that you're putting this child in a position of being in charge of something in the house, Right, And if it's in a classroom, then it's something in the classroom. It has to be something important, something that the child feels really good about. You know, whether it's, you know, you're the one that always helps me, you know, organize the whatever closet or organize the grocery shopping or makes the dinner list or whatever the child is going to feel good and important about. You want to teach the kids that you have, everybody has different abilities and you tell the child who's acting as a bully, You have strong leadership skills. That's great. That's one of your gifts. You were born with that. There's healthy leaders and there's unhealthy leaders. And you are a great healthy leader. And that's why you're able to help mommy with this and to figure out that. Because what healthy leaders do is they build. And what unhealthy leaders do is destroy. So you want to put the child in a position of being a healthy leader by building the people around them, by helping out, by feeling good about using their abilities. Now, the next thing that you're going to do is you're going to have the I know you don't mean to conversation with this child, okay? And this is how it goes, okay? What you say to the child is, I I know you don't mean to. Sometimes when you say um, X, Y, Z to your sister, it it makes her feel bad. And I know that you would never want to do that, okay? So fill in the blanks with whatever your child is saying. You know, I I know you don't mean to. When you tell your sister Raquel that, you know, her ideas are stupid, You know, it makes her think like you think that you're more important than her, you know, or when you tell your brother Joey that he doesn't know how to do anything right, you know, you don't mean to, it makes him, you know, feel like you think he's not important. And I know you would never want to do that. So you start the conversation with, I know you don't mean to, 
And you end the conversation with, I know you would never want to do that. And then in between, like the sandwich part of it in between, is just outlining exactly what the child is doing and how it's making the other child feel. Then what you're going to do is you're going to get into getting a commitment from the child. You're going to say to your child, you know, would I be able to get a commitment from you to try your best to be very careful about not saying those things? You know, and if it's a younger child, you're not going to use the words get a commitment is would you be able to work on, you know, whatever it is that you're outlining for the child. When you ask kids for a commitment, they are way, way, way more likely to cooperate because they gave you their word. And now you're treating them as a trusting, trustful person. They can be trusted. If they gave you their word, of course they can be trusted. Of course they want to keep their word. If it's hard for them and they don't keep their word, so we'll work on that. We'll address that. We'll figure that out. But don't get into the trap of being judgmental. You know, you said you were going to do this and you didn't work on it. Why couldn't you? We don't want to do that because what we're trying to do is we're trying to model for our children that we we are not judging people, that every human being is doing the best they can with the tools they have, that yes, there's a challenge and yes, we could work with it, but we're not scared of their challenges. If kids feel that we're scared of their challenges, it's like as if they're standing on a very shaky floor. We are like the floor underneath them as mothers. So when we show them security and that we believe in them as human beings, then they have solid ground underneath them. But if they see that we're scared of their behaviors, then they're standing on a shaky floor and then they're not sure about their behaviors and capabilities either. So now you're going to look for tiny little bits of improvement. And when you get those tiny little bits of improvement, you're going to let the former bully know because now the child is not going to be in this role anymore. And you're going to let her know often or you're going to let him know often, you know, that you're seeing him or her become stronger, you know. And, and it's an amazing thing to watch because you, you tell your child, you know, everybody makes mistakes, but not everybody, you know, moves ahead or owns up to it like you. You know, this is, you tell the child, this is impressive. This is really impressive. Now, I wouldn't do it with like, wow, I'm so proud of you. It's just more matter of fact praise. I'm just acknowledging and I'm just impressed. Like, like you're just an impressive person. Now, if the child continues to do the hurtful things after giving you a commitment. So then you're going to use the words, what happened in a very non-judgmental way. You call the child over to the side, you know, and you say to the child, um, you know, uh, Sammy, yesterday we spoke about, um, that you were going to try very hard, like in that kind of soft tone that you were going to try very hard, um, you know, not to say that to your brother. So I just wanted to know what happened. So let's say your child says, oh, I forgot. So you say, oh, okay, no problem. Everybody forgets sometimes. If you could try to be very careful, um, I, I think it would make you know make him feel much better. Um, you say it like in that non-judgmental, kind, calm tone. Like, of course you forgot. Everybody forgets. But you're holding him accountable at the same time because you're saying what happened. Now, every time the child um, oversteps, you're going to have that what happened conversation. You're going to pull the child aside. You're going to say, oh, what happened? If it becomes to be too many what happens, then you're going to have the let's think together conversation, right? So you pull the child aside or you can even like wait and you have the what happened conversation and an hour later at night when you're drinking hot cocoa together and you're both in a great mood, you say to the child, um, Sammy, let's think together. I know you don't want to hurt people and it seems that it's hard for you to remember, you know, that those kinds of words hurt. What do you think would be a good way for you to take responsibility in case you forget again? So we're not calling it a punishment. I don't even like to use the word punishment. Yes, there's consequences for things in life, but we want to empower the kids to show them that we believe 
that they're perfectly capable of taking responsibility for their actions, right? If I bump into someone's car, I give them the example. So I get out of the car. I say, I'm so sorry. I either give them my insurance card or I say, would you like me to pay for the damage by cash? I take responsibility, right? So I want to ask the child, like, what would, you know, let's think together. Like, I know you don't want to hurt people. What would be a good way to take responsibility, you know, in case you forget again? When you have the conversation that way and the child sees that you believe in them, that you think they're an amazing person, they'll come up with a way to take responsibility. I have never, ever, ever seen a child, when you present it this way, say, I don't care about taking responsibility. The child might say, you know, I'm upset with my brother. I hate my brother. I hate when he does this. He deserves that. And to that, the response is, of course, I figured it was coming from somewhere. There must be something that you're upset about that. Do you want to talk about that first or do you want to talk about this first. And if the child wants to first, you know, go into that conversation, you can have that conversation. Just let the child know that you're also planning to have this conversation. Your conversation was very important, but it's two separate conversations and let's not mix them. One is what I as a mother need over here as a family to keep all the children safe. And a separate conversation is what you need or what's bothering you about your brother. And maybe I could help you with that, but let's not mix it. It is, they're two separate, very important conversations that both have to happen. So let's say the child comes up with a way to take responsibility is, you know what, if I do that, I think I should have to give, you know, the child a dollar of my allowance that week or that day or whatever. Um, or if I do that, I have to go sit in my room for 15 minutes until I actually, you know, feel some enough remorse to come out and apologize with a serious face and voice. Um, or the child might say, you know what, I, I'm going to give him something from my prize box if I forget again. So when the actual bullying comes up or if the bullying actually comes up again in the future, so then you could call that child to the side and say, oh, um, just remind me how you said you wanted to take responsibility. Oh, okay, you're giving him a dollar from your lens. Do you want me to mark it off on a paper now or do you want to do it on Sunday? But the child has to know that the child is taking responsibility in a meaningful way, in a way where they're actually feeling responsible. If the child won't stop in the moment, then of course they need to be separated. So then the child needs to go, let's say, relax in their room for a little bit until they're ready to stop hurting somebody. And the way that you phrase that when you need to separate a child in the moment um, and the child, you know, is carrying on and hurting somebody is you ask the child, can you stop on your own? If the child carries on, you say to the child, you can either stop on your own or you can go relax in your room for 10 minutes or five minutes or whatever it is that you decide, but you, you, it's, you can either stop or you can go to your room. Those are the two choices. There's no choice to stick around here and continue hurting somebody. So as a recap, let's remember that bullying happens when children feel that and believe that some people are more important than others. So they feel like the way that they can prove that they are important is by putting other people down. We want to undo that by showing the child how we as mothers believe that every single human being is equally important. We want to put the child in a position of being in charge as a healthy leader. We want to teach them the four social roles and then if the child is struggling still, which is very likely for somebody who has a history you know, of struggling with this, if it's never been stopped yet, we want to have that I know you don't mean to conversation with the child. And, and then the let's think together if it's still an issue. I will share with you that I have never, ever seen a child not back down because every child has the ability to be a champion. If anyone needs... Um, the, I have a bully support plan that's, you know, it's a written up thing that helps bullies actually 
back out of their role. You can, again, email me or if you need any more information on this, it's TammySassoon at gmail.com, T-A-M-M-Y-S-A-S-S-O-O-N at gmail.com. All the best.